Kyler Murray pulling his contract offer off the table. Could there be another massive quarterback move in the NFL? We'll break that down today. Plus, pre-draft division-by-division power rankings in the NFC. Coming up right now. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter. Get those Twitter Tuesday questions in for next week. We're going to finish the week up with these NFC division by division power rankings, but some news around the league. I want to start with this Cardinals and Kyler Murray story that I thought was kind of done. There was the yeah. Pro Bowl week stuff, and the agent had a weird, like, I. I don't really know what they're trying to do exactly. You know, they want the they want a contract now when, you know, this isn't the time of year that teams are really giving out big contracts. You know, they're they're worrying about the draft and then in the summer they sign people, right? That's what happens. You sign people in March when free agency starts, then maybe a couple people just to get the end of your roster set for the draft, and then you sign big deals again in the summertime and and do those sort of, you know, uh, extensions and things like that. But According to Tom Pelissero, the Cardinals have yet to make a contract offer to Pro Bowl quarterback Kyler Murray, whose agent, Eric Burkhart, informed the team weeks ago he was pulling his opening proposal off the table, per sources. Other teams are monitoring closely. Arizona insists Murray won't be traded. Why, why are we doing the same story that happened three, you know, a month ago? Why are we doing it again, Matt? What is going on? Yeah, why is this news again? Uh, and Two months ago. There's obviously some smoke here, and there's probably some fire, and it seems like this is starting to be something we should get used to with quarterbacks at this stage of their career. Like, is the same thing going to be true a year from now with Burrow and Herbert? You know, like where it's getting to the point where that massive contract is on the horizon – we're going to stir about it a little bit. You know, there was a lot of DAC news a couple of years ago. Um, you know, I'm, I might be willing to change teams because that's becoming more and more common. If that came up 20 years ago, nobody would care and be like, you're not going anywhere. Right. Or fans would get really mad about it in the back. Right. Like you would lose everyone. Everyone would start to hate you. And I, you know, I think you do sort (laughs) of alienate some fans, but clearly agents know, and, and they're informing players. The way to get the most money is to either move teams or, act like you're going to move teams, right? Because right. because if you're because who who are the Cardinals bidding against right now? Nobody. 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 You know, like it's interesting to me like some people are up in arms. I can't believe Derek Carr signed as big a contract as he did. But in the next year, Kyler, Wilson and Lamar are all going to sign bigger deals. You know, like some of these things are just relative is all I'm saying is just cuz you're near the top of the market now doesn't mean you're going to be but just from a football standpoint, I think Kyler's tougher than some of these other ones. You know, I mean, we – and I bring up Wilson because we kind of dismissed the height issue when Kyler came out. Like, I mean, uncommonly small, I mean, in terms of height. And Russell Wilson paved the way. And But some of these short guys still have a hard time seeing the field, especially in the middle of the field between the hashes with all the bodies. And it helps that he has great wheels. And I think he's immensely talented, but staying healthy is a problem for him. And I, you know, go back to the size issue with him. I mean, does he have the body to handle 17 plus games a year for 12 years? Who's to say, but I think it's 
a valid concern. Mm-hmm. I would also and, add to that yeah. with the body is if you are a quarterback that doesn't that isn't operating in a way that you're trying to get the ball out of your hands as fast as possible. You know, like Tom Brady didn't last 20 years in the NFL, 20 plus years in the NFL because he was running around getting tackled a lot. Right. Sure. He, he does not want Cam to be Newton touched. Hit a wall, you know? Right. And so uh, that it's not only size, but it's like how often are you? That's why the running back injury rate is 100 percent and the attrition level at running back is so high because they are being tackled by people bigger than them constantly all game long. If you want to last a long time in the NFL, you do not want to be hit. Ever. That, that should be your goal as a quarterback. Right, right, so right. if you're a quarterback that not only is getting hit a lot and you're a little bit smaller in stature where that weight difference is even bigger than some other quarterbacks, then, yeah, injuries are always going to be a part of the game for people who get tackled in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, like I trust a Josh, a Josh Allen to hold up more than I do a Kyler Murray. But Allen's probably playing with fire, too, much like Cam Newton did. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. so uh, and the other thing about Murray like, I think he's – I mean, we mentioned I brought up Carr before, and I thought Carr was right around 12 in terms of the best quarterbacks in the league. Kyler was one I had ahead of him. But I thought about it twice because, I mean, it couldn't be any more different. And uh, he hasn't taken as big a strides as I would like. Is he a lot better now than when he was a rookie? Not as much as you'd want from the first overall pick. I want to go to our colleague Alex Clancy of Locked On Cardinals. He had a great line on this story. He says, Kyler Murray has outgrown both his agent and his head coach. So Kyler, Alex Clancy's a big fan of Kyler Murray and thinks that the organization's not really doing great for him. He's He's been talking about firing Cliff Kingsbury for a long time, and, and I've talked mm-hmm. with Alex a few times about Steve Keim, the GM. I don't know what kind of pictures he has of ownership there. I don't know how he was able to even have an opportunity to draft another quarterback back to back. I don't know how he still had his job for this long, but if things go south with Kyler Murray, uh, you got to start pointing fingers at Steve Kime. And, and at some point there has to be some accountability there in the building. But at the same time, this Kyler Murray story stuff is like constant with him. This is going back to him as a young man and as uh, you know, as a, as a pro baseball draft pick and then the, the yeah. baseball versus football thing. And then remember in the draft, things were really weird with him. So, you have to start looking at this and saying, well, this is continually coming up with Kyler Murray. It's almost like the Baker Mayfield situation. It's like these stories continue to revolve around one person. Then you have to start looking at that person. And I think Wentz is in that bucket yes, too, yes. you know, you know, and I'm not saying Murray's not a good leader. He's not smart. He doesn't put the time in. I don't know any of those things, but many times on this show, we have brought things up about the Cardinals like, well, Larry Fitzgerald moved on. We better go get Hudson and A.J. Green and J.J. Watt. You know, like, no one's handing the leadership to the quarterback now. You know, it's there's a reason you go out and get these veterans that are great leaders that have been around the block. And you can read between the lines and kind of think about that. I mean, I've had some sources tell me that they wish Kyler would have been first one in the building, last one out, and he isn't all the time, you know, and – um so he's also extremely young, you know, I mean, he's also, some of these guys have been, and you worry about that, like with a Malik Willis, possibly like when you're so much more athletic than everybody else on the field, some of this stuff has come a little too easy to you. And I'm not implying Willis as any of those traits by all accounts. He's the opposite is that he's unbelievably conscientious and does all the work, but the same thing's true for super talented defensive tackles that are just bigger and stronger than the people that block them their whole life. You know, like when, if you have an easy path, sometimes 
you develop bad habits in mm-hmm. terms of leadership, work ethic, doing the finer points, you know? And in the end, I don't think any of this stuff matters. I think it's no, just an annoyance. Right. It's just really all you're doing is just annoying half of the fan base, probably. That that, and you're you're making things more difficult for everybody. And your name's in the press more, which I think agents really like. Eric Burkhart, he got his name mentioned by Tom Pelissero in a tweet. He probably is patting himself on the back here, you know, like he loves that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, all publicity is good publicity. Yeah, right now. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and so in the end, most of these players are going to resign with their teams, and everything's going to be fine. But, you know, the public nature and like the the childishness of of scrubbing your social media photos is just dumb. It's just like at some point you got to be like, are you kidding me? And it's not like you're going to affect a GM. Like, did you get more dollars out of your current team because you took photos out of the, you know, like if anything, you're maybe making yourself more money from another team. That would be really the only thing. And if you want out, then you make things difficult. But really, I think players, I, I don't think a nomadic life is good for a lifespan and a career of a player, right? The more teams you play for, oh, maybe sure. you make some more money in the short term, but I think long term, it makes you less valuable and it hurts your legacy for sure. 100%. I mean, I th- I definitely think there's a lot of value to being, you know, a, a lifer at that position in particular. Like, I'm not going to give Namakong Sue or Darrell Revis or... You know, some guys like that that kind of had mercenary careers, the second half of their careers, just going for the biggest buck wherever, that hard a time. But I think quarterbacks are their own realm. And I think there's value to guys that really put the time in, start to finish, wanted to be a part of the organization, um, a, a legend in the organization, so to speak. And Murray certainly has that possibility. For now, Kyler Murray, still a member of the Arizona Cardinals, so that's how we will treat the Cardinals when we rank the NFC West among all of the NFC divisions in our pre-draft power rankings next. New NFL draft props, new futures, odds going up all the time at Bet Online as it pertains to the NFL. And yeah, it's not football season, but you can still bet on the league at Bet Online. So go find out who has the best odds for coach of the year. You might be surprised there. I'm looking at the list right now. Josh McDaniels, the best odds to win coach of the year in 2022 for those Las Vegas Raiders. Defensive player of the year, Miles Garrett tops that list. Find all the props and odds for all the leagues for your 2022 season NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball at BetOnline. Your continued source for not just sports wagering, but information. There's live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. So get over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action at BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day. Big announcements, big things happening as it pertains to the NFL Draft and the Locked On Podcast Network. Tune in starting Thursday, April 28th for the first round and all three days of real-time analysis for the Locked On NFL Draft's live coverage of the 2022 NFL draft extensive lineup of experts and insiders there and for those of you dying to know who your team will take catch the Odyssey and Locked On's NFL mock draft special the ultimate mock draft hosted once again by yours truly Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson of this Peacock and Williamson NFL show all week long leading up to the first pick that starts Monday. Looking at these teams, zooming out a little bit before the draft because we get so dialed into prospects and you know little moves here and there and first round, second round. What does this team have to do with this one specific position? Let's look at what these teams 
are like heading into the draft? What do they need to do to jump over the teams they're competing with in the division? We did the AFC mm-hmm. yesterday. Let's go NFC this time. We're going west to east. Starting with the NFC West today, it was the Super Bowl champion Rams. You've got the 49ers, the Arizona Cardinals, which is a really tough team for me to place right now, and the Seattle Seahawks, who had a rough year and on paper have gotten even worse. Yeah, and we spent a lot of time yesterday talking about Reed, Belichick, Tomlin, even like a Harbaugh, that I have great respect for that tier of well-established, probably Hall of Fame coaches. And Carroll's on that list, too. I just don't think he has any cards in his hand to compete like those other teams do. You know, like, I I trust Belichick to get to eight wins a lot more than I do Carroll with the teams they have. I think they're a distant fourth. I think they have to be. And even it it would be fun to go position by position, Patriots roster versus Seahawks roster, because they're both in such bad shape. But, man, year two of what we saw from Mac Jones, even if Mac Jones doesn't ever, you know, become a superstar quarterback – you can win with what Mac Jones has proven he already can oh, be in the yeah, NFL, and he yeah. should be better this year than he was last year, right? So, And who knows? Maybe yeah, he gets a little bit of a, okay, yeah. a dynamic wide receiver at the top of the draft, although I bet they go front seven or I bet they go you know, offensive line because that's just yeah. a, a Patriots style of thing. But anyway, uh, yeah, and we've already seen the Seahawks with better quarterback situation finish last in the division, so it's hard not to say that the Seahawks aren't last right now, no matter what they do at pick number nine in the NFC West. Yeah, I think that's an easy one. Top three. I mean, can we just I plug? The champs have to be one. You have to plug Rams first, right? I do. Yeah, I mean they're the champs, and they're going to be very similar team to what right. they just showed us. Yeah, and they've they've lost some pieces. They're they're worse, probably. Right? They they've brought in some players, but they Bob lost Miller. Warren Miller. Yeah. They they're they're not a I wonder better if Beckham team right now. Ends up being there when it's all said and done. Odell. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I think I there's still a that. chance. Uh, he he had a setback, didn't he? he? They had to go in and do I'm not some. Sure, yeah. yeah, they just, I just that was a story this week. We didn't really have time to talk about it, but I, he had a setback, and they had to go in and, and fix something up from uh, something that was messed up in his previous ACL surgery. Apparently, his knee. Uh oh. Yeah, but they've Allen Robinson and Stafford yeah, and Donald, I mean, and they're well coached. They're number one. Allen yeah. Robinson's really good. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, their pass yeah. rush on defense, aside from Aaron Donald, I would say, okay, well, you know, we're. Where's that going to – they lost a starting corner. Mm-hmm. In, in fact, they've been talking with Stephon Gilmore. So, I mean, that's just a classic Rams-ish move, right, if they add Stephon Gilmore to that yeah. mix now too. And, you know, you, you wonder how After they're able to do Bobby it. Bobby Wagner, too. The Raiders yeah, need Bobby Stephon Wagner Gilmore. Over, I don't know yeah. how the Raiders haven't signed Stephon Gilmore by now. Good point. I'm surprised he's not signed, period. Actually, my son was asking me that the other day. He's like, I'm looking at these free agents, Dad, and one doesn't add up. Why is Gilmore not signed? Yep. Like, I don't know, Sonny Boy, but yep. you're smart. That probably um, he, he wants the moon still, and teams are like, yeah, you're a little older. I don't think we can give you that. And so he's he's yeah. trying to hit every team he can and try to milk that out of him, and he's probably got some offers already in his pocket that he's turned down. Anyway, back to the NFC West. Cardinals and 49ers, this is tough because the Kyler Murray stuff this offseason – and uh, there's big questions about Cliff Kingsbury. Can this team get over the hump? And then the 49ers, you've got a, a young quarterback that we don't know what that's going to look like. Jimmy Garoppolo's still hanging around. So I, I could see it both ways. I feel like I want to put the 49ers ahead, but I, I, maybe I'm too biased. Maybe I'm too close to the fire here. How do you see two and three in the West, Matt? I think it's close, but I would also take the Niners. Um, I'm going to operate under the assumption that Lance is the quarterback end of sentence, you know, starting the season and basically until further notice and Jimmy's not a niner or out of the picture in some way, shape or form. 
I certainly give the Niners the the coaching advantage, the thing we keep harping on about getting the most out of what you have. But the Cardinals are formidable. I mean, uh, I, I think they have a chance to be a pretty good team this year. Lost Chandler Jones. It's really all about yeah. the quarterback, though. You know, can can Kyler yeah. Murray take that next step? He hasn't. He's been good, mm-hmm. but he hasn't taken the next step. All right. So we got Rams, Niners, Cardinals, Seahawks, the NFC South. Uh, Buccaneers, obviously, right. number one, period, right? And Saints are obviously number two. Yeah. I, it's hard not to put the Saints in there, no matter what they do with those two first round picks. And, you know, that, that even yeah. solidify that. I think they're closer to the Bucs than they are to the Falcons and the Panthers right now. The Falcons, I don't oh, see yeah. how. I, I would probably pick the Falcons right now to be drafted number one overall next year. So I can't. I, as bad as the Panthers have been, Ben, the Panthers have an opportunity. Like in the Panthers, the Panthers might not do this and might not get better. But if they draft an offensive tackle and then go get Baker Mayfield or Garoppolo and, and figure out a way to make that all work, and because Sam Darnold has not proven he is a starting NFL quarterback, they could be an okay team. I don't think that's the path they're going to take. I think they're going to ruin right. some rookie quarterback's career because he's not got a good offensive line, and then there's going to be a coaching staff <laughs> right. change, right? But it's still better than the Falcons. Everyone's better than the Falcons to me. I mean, they're probably 31 or 32 on the power ranks. I mean, them versus the Texans is a conversation for me. And Carolina's better than that, but only probably a tier better than that. Even if Darnold plays 17 games, I think they're better than the Falcons, which is unbelievably hard to imagine. Um, but you're right. They have a defense, Burns, and you know they have some guys on defense. McCaffrey returns. I don't think they'll be horrible, and I think their quarterback is still a name to be named later, guy to be named later. It's really funny because Saints, Panthers, Falcons, the same quarterback prospects in this draft have been mocked to all three of those teams. Do you think it changes the Saints' viewpoint with the power of those two first-round picks that they have saying, oh, the quarterback we like, not only do we like them, we don't want that quarterback to end up in the division. So we need to get up in front of six and eight in the draft to make sure to play keep away as much as we want to develop this quarterback behind Jameis Winston. I don't know. I just think that the nature of that team is just win now. Like I said, it's always Mardi Gras in in New Orleans. I, I think they just care about themselves, make ourselves the best team we possibly can. They tend to have the Bucks number too, you know. I mean, they play the Bucks really strong. I think they look at themselves like they're one of the top t- seven teams in the playoffs. Them, you know, in the NFC playoffs, no matter what the Falcons and Panthers do, and who cares about them? I mean, maybe I'm just being crazy. I don't know. It's funny because even if the Saints aren't eyeing a quarterback, they could be eyeing an offensive tackle, which is also a reason they could get in front of the Panthers because they want that franchise tackle as well, potentially. So. Uh, there there yeah, could be point. some jockeying here between teams. And the Falcons definitely can't be going up. And really, if you're looking at the Panthers who don't no. have a second-round pick, don't have a third-round pick, the Falcons and Panthers should be taking every phone call they can all 15 minutes while they're on the clock in the first round to try to add extra picks and move down, no matter what position they're they're planning no on taking what. at six or later. Right. And no offense to Willis or Pickett or whoever, but if the Falcons take him as their first-round pick, they're going to be even worse than we thought, you know, like that should be London or Wilson or a pass rusher, or, you know, give me somebody that can help you win now. And, you know, Carolina's not going to get much help from the draft either. You're right. If Carol, I actually read that blurb, the Carolina's fielding calls left and right for the six overall pick. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they are or not, but they want people to think they are. Yeah. And they should be, they should be, and they should calls. be. Yes. 
yeah, yeah, top 10. You can get into the top 10 this year. It goes back to the conversation we had a couple days ago here on the podcast on the uh, Twitter episode because you should be able to find value if you are a team that thinks you're close and can win now. Like, can the Saints use a second instead of their two firsts to get into the top 10? You know what I mean? It's, it's that. I mean, probably not with the Panthers or the Falcons, but maybe with another team. You should be able to get into the top 10 this year. We don't have time on today's program to get into this, but I think it'd be a fun yeah. exercise to go through and say, okay, where would the first prospect in this class get drafted last year? Oh, I know. We should maybe do that next week because okay. I think it'd be pretty late. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's plan on doing that Monday. I got to write a note, a okay. note down so I don't forget. And we'll we'll sort of mix these two classes and we'll try to figure out where the first place a 2022 prospect would go. The, the talent is deep in this class. The talent is a little bit older, but obviously it is not top heavy in this class. You should be able no, to move up not. into the top 10. All of these teams should be fielding calls. Uh, to move down in the top 10. Can you get a deal there? We'll find out. And maybe it's the Panthers, the Falcons moving down. Next, let's go AF, uh, NFC North and NFC okay. East power ranks pre-draft. There's big news. And then there's another level of news like a restock of peanut butter built bars, the all-time best flavor of built bar. In my opinion, peanut butter is back at built.com there's also a little holiday easter special yellow chirps only 80 calories in the mini yellow chirps so maybe something a little better for you to eat for the holidays blueberry muffin fantastic raspberry cheesecake and of course the new built bar puffs as well the first ever protein infused marshmallow puff bars fantastic choose your flavor build your own box get a box a mixed box of built bars at built.com no matter what flavor you love they have you covered and it is the best tasting protein bar on the market and compared to other protein bars we're talking only 130 calories per bar there is low sugar most built bars have only four grams of sugar four grams of net carbs and 17 grams of protein compare that to 200 300 or more calories in other protein bars on the market. And you can get, with our promo code, 15% off. That code is LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Aaron Rodgers already told the fans of the Chicago Bears that he owns them, and he has, and he owns the <laughs> Detroit Lions, and he owns the Vikings, right? He has ownership yeah. in, in multiple teams in the NFL, and I don't see any reason why the the 13-3 Packers every year are going to get knocked off the way that the other teams in this division are constructed. So this one's pretty easy just to, to put the Packers in at number one. And in fact, it would, in some ways, it would be a shock if the Packers don't win the North again. 100% true. Um, I just don't know if they're a 13-win team again with the, the way their pass catchers are constructed, including tight end. You know, that uh, I, I think they're clearly not as good as when we saw them last. And I know they have two first-round picks and there's good things to come. Uh, but I think they're a contender. I don't think they're a powerhouse right now. But that also sells Rodgers a little short, too. But they're one. I mean, I'm not going to you know split hairs here. We should note they did add another piece there, veteran wide receiver Sammy Watkins. I want, just okay. because of the, the wave it would create and how – crazy it would make some Packers fans and just analysts everywhere if the Packers don't take a wide receiver with those two first round picks even if they, you know maybe they maybe they double up in the second round and they take a bunch of wide receivers there but just to see 
what happens Thursday night as the Packers picks at 22 and 28 go by and they don't select a wide receiver? Like maybe teams and move up happen. and draft the guys they like. I, I, I would not be shocked because it's not their MO to draft a first-round wide receiver. I just want to see the fallout from that just because uh, I, I just want to see – you know, I, I just want to see chaos, really. I'm, I'm rooting for chaos right. as it pertains to the NFL draft. Give me 24 hours of Packer fans losing their mind just for fun, you know? <laughs> yes. Right. And then they move up they to would. the 33rd pick to start Friday, and they take a wide receiver at 33, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right, right. Like, it's a huge difference, right? But they're one. We agree on that, right? Yes. Attitude's pretty obvious, too. The Vikings. I Yes, I, they, clearly the Vikings should be number two. And if you rewind a year ago, I would have hoped if I'm a Bears fan that they would have already been in the the mode of, okay, cool, we're marching up the rankings here and, you know, we're battling with the Vikings for two and then pretty soon we're going to be battling for the Packers number one because we got our young quarterback. But this team is didn't see enough out of Justin Fields that was good last year and the rest of the roster got worse and they were already a bad football team, right? They weren't as bad as the Lions, but they were a bad football team. But um, if they've gotten worse and the Lions, who are armed with draft picks, two first-rounders are getting better, do you put the Bears last? Even though the Lions, uh, they at least have a veteran quarterback still, too. And I mean, Jared Goff, as much crap as he gets, is still a decent quarterback. Like he's, he's, He was better last year, and you could project that maybe week one still, and I don't know at what, some point I believe that Justin Fields will be better than Jared Goff, but he's probably not better than him today. You stole my thunder there. That was going to be my hottest of takes. I, I'm going to have the Bears fourth. And I, I'm not going to quite put them in Falcons land in terms of tearing it down, but I think they are set up for a brutal, brutal year for the, the Bears. And next year at this time, I think there will be much optimism about all the things they've added and all the, you know, things are where things are going. But I think it's going to be a take your lumps kind of season for the Bears. And hopefully it doesn't do a reputable damage to, to fields. That's what worries me most. And I think the Lions are trending in the right direction. You know, I mean, they didn't do a ton, but they're getting a little better and the Bears are getting worse. Packers, Vikings, Lions, Bears. I think that's the way you have yep. to power rank those right now going into the draft. Congratulations, Detroit Lions. You're not in the cellar anymore. And I think we'll all be happier with those results post-draft i mean lions versus bears bears are gonna add very little lions right. are gonna add a ton yeah you know? and the lions will only strengthen that and we're kind of almost projecting yeah, yeah. post-draft with, with with that and look dan campbell i don't know how good of a coach he's going to end up being but they're chippy and he had his team fighting yeah. even though they're the worst team in the nfl last year for the most part uh and so you don't know what the coaching staff and the new front office is going to look like for the bears either so there's just there's a big question mark everywhere for the bears yeah 100 i mean lions have an o-line Hawkinson, Swift, Shark, St. Brown, Goff. Like, that's not the worst thing I've ever heard. We had a question in this week's mail, or last week's, this week's mailbag. I don't even know what week we're on anymore here. Mm -hmm. The Washington Commanders defense, are they going to be that defense that they were supposed to be last year? And they've added Carson Wentz at quarterback. Is that enough? Like, where the Washington Commanders are a tough team for me to place, and really everybody in the NFC East right now behind the Cowboys is tough to place, and I think you still have to put the Cowboys number one as it pertains to the NFC East power rankings. Are you in agreement with that? I think we saved the hardest division for last in terms of power ranking one to four. Washington's D, to answer that question, I do, and we did answer it on, on the air, I, especially the pass rush will be very, very good in my opinion. 
I'm going to put Dallas one, but I don't think there's – well, two things on Dallas. Their roster is worse than it was. You know, no Amari, no Leo Collins, you know, Tyron Smithy or, or, or older. But I think Dak will be better than he was last year. You know, that's why you're paying that quarterback is to raise all ships. And I think he'll do a better job of it a year removed from his massive injury. But I don't know that Dallas – I'm not saying their window closed, but I think they're going the wrong way. Is it easier to go 4-1? to one? Because to me, the New York Giants are clearly last and in rebuild mode. They are. And maybe with pick 5 and 7, it would start to look a little bit better. But, you know, with when you consider quarterback, when you consider where they've been and what their roster is like, you know, I think they're a team that I would probably buy some stock. I would buy some stock in both New York teams a little bit. You know, it's easier yeah, to see yeah. where the Jets are going than where the Giants are going right now. But if they got it right at the coaching spot and they can rebuild some more parts of their roster than maybe plug in a quarterback next year. If you know, and I'm not a believer that Daniel Jones is going to be the guy, but he's going to get one more shot. I'd still put the giants pretty easily fourth. Agreed. But I think they're better than the Falcons and bears and Texans. And mm-hmm. you know, like I don't think they will be yeah. a top five picking team again, but yeah, they're four. So then if Cowboys are one, but the, their grip has, has loosened and the giants are four. How do you rank Eagles and Commanders at two and three? Washington's clearly three to me. I was a little tempted to put the Eagles one, mm. but I'm going to go two for Philly. Okay. Cowboys, Eagles, Post-draft, Commanders. I might even Giants. put them one, but Hertz versus Stack is, come on. Yeah, Hertz versus Stack is a big one. Yeah. Hertz has an opportunity to. And, and, Dak versus Division. Is a big one, and really the Eagles' roster in total isn't so impressive that you would that would make up anything for the Cowboys, even though the Cowboys have gotten a little bit worse. I I think it's pretty easy mm-hmm. that you would power rank at least the Cowboys, but not be completely shocked if the Eagles do go win the division and they get big, you know, uh, improvements from those two first round picks that they have, and they're in pretty good shape going into next year. But the better they play this year, the more difficult it'll be for them to say oh now we're gonna go get a new quarterback next year because that'll mean Jalen Hurts played well enough to get them into the playoffs mm-hmm. I mean they got the playoffs last year I mean the Eagles Raiders Steelers really weren't playoff teams and most years they wouldn't have went and I think that that team as a whole is trending the arrows more pointing up for Philly and I think the, the arrows more pointing down for Dallas but Dak versus Wentz Jones or Hurts might be all you need to know <laughs> you right. know and the commanders have to show have that stuff to prove it. Uh, they're a lot of what they yeah. are is on paper. You think they're going to be good and they're not. It was like, well, okay, well, are you going to be good or not? And look, Wentz is maybe more talented than Heineke, but the Colts were like, man, we got to get this guy out of the building. We can't stand him. You, you want to add that? That's the leader of your team now. So <laughs> right, it's hard to, right. to put a lot of stock into what Washington is going to be. And I think they'll be hard to play against and they'll add a nice first round pick, whether that's a corner, a safety receiver, whatever. And I think that the, that franchise is back on the tracks where it was off the rails for a long time. You know, I think there's a stabilizing force with Washington now, but I mean, I kind of see like eight wins as a ceiling. Yeah. Although there's all the, you know, the investigations, the, the reports are coming out and now there's like embezzlement and there's, there's all the things that, that is still going to cloud over Washington. I have a hard time. Yeah. You, you can't put them higher than third. And to be honest with you, right. I wouldn't be shocked by fourth either. There's just, there's just a cloud over that organization. And you'd hope that it would be over with by now. They really should have let everything be public from those investigations 
before they oh, changed yeah. the commanders just to have a clean slate and like look this was what it used to be and now we're done with that facing the facing everything we have to and this is a new regime new commanders team going forward but now they're still going to have that cloud over their head because there's this stuff's going to leak out for probably years with this investigation even though i think the nfl and especially washington would like everything to be as quiet as possible yeah culture is important and i do think they have a professional head coach that's Yes. Done his best to keep this thing on the tracks, but boy, it's a little rough. Yeah, I, I could easily paint a picture where they're picking in the top five. Yeah, you know, the more I th- talk about this, the more I'm with you. Where you yeah. split the division in half, it's Eagles, Cowboys, and then it's Commanders, Giants. Even though I do like, some I thought it would be happening. harder than it was. Yeah, but that's, I think it's pretty clear that's one to four. Mm-hmm. Yep. I agree. Okay, there is the pre-draft power rankings. We'll get more into the NFL draft. How will those teams change? How can those teams move up or down the list in the NFL draft? So much draft coverage to come. Thanks for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen for your second listen. Don't forget to check out uh, Matt doing Locked On Dynasty. We've got Locked On NFL Draft live shows coming. Uh, Locked On NFL. Matt and I will be there on the YouTube channel very soon. We appreciate you. We love you. Back next week. Mock Draft Week, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network.